Welcome to Life in Accounting, the Where Accountants Go podcast. Life in Accounting is the podcast for everyday heroes like you working in the accounting profession. Are you ready to hear from accounting influencers, thought leaders, visionaries, and other professionals leading change in the accounting world? Then stay tuned for Mark Goldman, a CPA, the owner of Where Accountants Go, and your host. Welcome to Life in Accounting. A lot of students don't ever embrace that they're first gen. They, they think it's a hindrance, but the fact that their parents didn't go to college, they think it's something to be ashamed of. And I think in any aspect of your life, you should embrace who you are. Hello, everyone. I'm Mark Goldman, a CPA and your host for Life in Accounting, the Where Accountants Go podcast. That clip was from our guest for this episode, Carla Juarez, recent accounting graduate, new team member at PricewaterhouseCoopers, and Miss Fiesta in San Antonio, Texas. Carla came referred to us by one of our previous guests, and I thought it would be a great opportunity to get a fresh perspective for our podcast. Generally, we interview guests that are further along in their careers, but in this case, I wanted to find out a little bit more about the Miss Fiesta honor, of course, and I figured it would be a great opportunity for employers to hear feedback from a recent college graduate that just went through the recruiting processes. Also, Carla's a first-generation graduate in her family and has obviously been very successful navigating college and getting hired in a major firm. She mentions this in the show as well, but just in case you miss it, she got through college in only two and a half years, while at the same time going through the application and selection process for Ms. Fiesta. So she has a lot of good tips for students, soon-to-be students, and even people that just recently got out of college. She has a lot to offer everybody. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I was very impressed with Carla when we recorded it. You can tell that she definitely has a heart for helping others. She's going to go very far in her career. Here's Carla Juarez, Miss Fiesta in San Antonio, recent accounting graduate, and one of the bright new hires in the Big Four world. Well, hello, Carla. Thank you so much for making the time for this interview. I, I know it's a busy time of year having just graduated. No, I'm, I'm really glad to be able to be here with you today. Well, thank you. Well, a little introduction for the audience. Our guest today is Carla Juarez. Carla is a recent graduate that will be starting in about a week with PricewaterhouseCoopers, or PwC, as of the time we're recording this. She came highly recommended from one of our previous guests, and and so I'm excited to get her on the program. This is obviously going to be a little different than our typical interview, because Carla obviously has just recently graduated, but Carla had the honor of being selected as Miss Fiesta in San Antonio, and and so I wanted to deviate a little from some of our later questions in order to to find out more about that program, because I'm not that familiar with it myself. Before we get into all that, Carla, your, your more recent experiences, let's start at the beginning. What led you to think about accounting as a career in the first place? You know, who or what sort of influenced you to, to consider that? Yeah, so at my high school, we, we had career days and we definitely went through some questionnaires where we would see what careers kind of fit for us. And 
I did one, I believe, my sophomore year, and accounting came up, and I really had never thought to be an accountant. And but the more I learned about it, it became something that was very that I saw as very detail oriented. It took a lot of you know time and and you know critical thinking, and a lot of people just don't think it takes that, but it definitely was something that I saw myself being able to do just because of my personality being very detailed and organized. Okay. Was it more the, I guess, the process they had in place, a questionnaire that led you into a field, or, or were there any individuals that influenced um, you? I, well? I do think it was more the questionnaire. My parents were actually, they're from Mexico, and so they actually weren't able to get an education themselves. So they, they, were, they weren't able to be my influencers, but they were always very supportive. So whenever I kind of went up to them, I was like, hey, I'd like to be an accountant. They're very excited for me. And so if anything, they were great supporters of it. They didn't quite understand what I was going to be doing, but they were very excited that I was happy to be doing accounting. <laughs> yeah, that's okay, yeah. actually. I think most of us get an accounting degree and we don't fully understand what we're going to be doing. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> I'm curious, you said you, you learned about it. What, what did you do to learn more about accounting or, or sort of research it, if you will, before yeah. making that decision? It was a very simple, what, what is an accountant on Google? I wasn't too much of a, I'm from a very small town. And so uh, we actually don't have an accounting practice in our town. And I, I believe we still don't have an accounting practice in our town. And so it was very hard to find an actual professional to, to go ask some questions to. But I definitely visited websites and I primarily learned about tax accountants. That was the most prominent one. And as I kind of got older and realized that this was going to be my career, I started looking more into auditing, which is what I'm actually looking forward to doing, um, auditing insurance. And I started to learn that accounting can be very versatile, that you can be doing physical audit counts of retail items. You can do financial audits. And I learned that there's a lot more to it. And it, it slowly progressed as I got older and decided, yes, this is indeed my, my career. Okay. Sounds like there's an opportunity to open up a small accounting practice in your little town. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> there definitely is. <laughs> did you go straight through school or, or do something first or how did school work out for you? I actually took some, some dual credit classes in high school. So I came in with about 30 credit hours for so the equivalent of a freshman year in the, in the UTSA. And that made it a little easier because it it, you know, lifted financial burden. And I was able to get into accounting a lot quicker. I, I believe I took my first accounting course my second semester. And so I, I quickly went through the basics of accounting and business classes. And so I was able to pretty much hit upper division by my sophomore year. And it was really nice to be able to beat it so early on, just because it was something that came very naturally. I, I, I realized that my principals wanted, I loved accounting. It it was really, I like memorizing, <laughs> funny enough, and memorizing all the little rules of how to, you know, do the balance sheet and debt and level of liquidity. I, I just really enjoyed it. And it was, it was good to be able to, you know, get into the more critical thing where it wasn't all just accept these rules, go with it. It'll be what it's going to be. And to get into the more critical thinking with like taxation, which was, we had a lot of cases, we had a few cases and those were interesting. And it was nice to kind of see how you would navigate them. And with the tax code. So, okay. Definitely enjoyed it a lot. Okay. Let's see. You've just gotten your bachelor's degree or, or have you just yeah. finished the degree? Okay. Bachelor's. Wonderful. Yeah. Okay. Now, did I understand correctly when we were talking before that you 
finished it in a little at a little faster pace than yes. So I yeah. So because I did come in with about thirty credits, and I, I took a few summer classes as well. I wanted to just kind of go through with it. One of my goals is to kind of get my CPA kind of as quickly as I can because I, I want to you know be able to be have a full time position and. That was kind of my goal, taking the two and a half, which is how long I took to actually obtain my, my accounting bachelor's. And it was very hard. I can, there, there was one semester where I definitely took for summer three classes and it was two accounting courses and a statistics class. And that was just incredibly hard. But, you know, once I finished that semester and was that much closer to being a graduate, it was just very exciting to, to you know, kind of see that degree and be able to get excited and start applying to accounting jobs. Wow. Is, is that your, I guess, your personality or is that the typical way you attack things that, you know, once you have that goal, you go as fast as possible? I mean, <laughs> two and a half years. No, it, no I, I definitely think it is. And I think I had that since high school. Like it wasn't, it wasn't just because I wanted me to come, but it's something that I've definitely had for a long time. And pretty much I see something and I, and I'm like, okay, how can I do this faster and better? It's kind of my attitude. Just not just because I want to be, you know, that person, but it's just because to me it's exciting to kind of try to do it in a different way than, you know, it's usually done. It's more of a challenge to kind of see, hey, can I actually do this in two and a half years? And it was definitely a lot of hard work, but I, I do believe it was worth it. It's given me the opportunity to now be with PwC and have that internship, you know, right after bachelor's. And, and, and that's, I'm really fortunate to be able to have that internship right afterwards. And so I do believe it was because of two and a half years. Okay. Wow. Wow. Well, well, since, you know, the college experience and the interviewing experience is all very fresh on your mind at this point, <laughs> I, I wanted to take the opportunity to ask you some questions that, you know, it's a little harder with individuals that are later on in their career. Tell us about your college experience. I mean, what, what did you enjoy? What surprised you maybe? From the student perspective, is, is there anything you think that could be improved? What do you think, if you were going to talk to people from your hometown, you know, that, that are high school yeah. students that are going to be looking at college, what should they know? What, what are your thoughts on, on those? Yeah, areas? so at UTSA, I had a few different roles. I worked with an organization called First to Go and Graduate, which is your first generation college students, which I, I identify as one. And I also worked with the Student Government Association. So I was one of their senators and one of their officers in my second year. And with, with those two organizations being my prominent organizations, I was able to, you know, get involved, meet a lot of administrators, and we worked a lot with, like, student initiatives to, to you know, better um, the university, work very closely with staff members, administrators, and after, you know, having done all of that, my, my biggest advice to any student is just get involved, don't just go to class, because that's, that's not going to be enough to help you get those good grades and, and get a job if you just go to class. We saw that every student who got a very prominent job, had been involved in something, had been in a student organization. And it wasn't necessarily the, you know, the accounting society or, you know, finance society or investment society. It was, it was something that they were passionate about and somewhere where they got leadership experience. So I was able to get that leadership experience and professional experience from more from student government, but also from first to go and graduate. And whenever I talk to students and they're like, oh, so you you just graduated or, hey, you're in, you're in college. I try to tell them, hey, make sure that if it's something that you love, go ahead and join it. Make sure that you're interacting with other individuals, that you're having fun, that you're learning more about the world around you. And, and if, 
if it's through your career, then go ahead and do that. But if it's something completely different, like student government, go ahead and do that too. It's, it's definitely a lot more rewarding to say, you know, you went through college having done all these extracurriculars and having just said, hey, I just went to class. That's kind of what I try to tell all students. Hmm. That's good advice. That's good advice. Okay. Yeah, actually, frequently it comes out in the podcast interviews that you know, technical skills are important, but mm-hmm. learning to just work with people, communication and leadership and, and things like that is, is equally, if not more important later on <laughs> in your career. So yeah. that makes a lot of sense. And I think that's how you get it. That, you know, you're the first person to make the comment about non-accounting organizations. I think that makes mm-hmm. a lot of sense as well. That's really wise. Really wise. Yeah, that's. A, I think one of the things I saw in my my interview where they they noticed that I wasn't in you know the honor society, that I wasn't in anything financial accounting related, and you know they asked me about it, and I was and I, I was very frank. I was like, um, I felt that I was still developing my accounting skills. Um, and I wasn't in, in an organization, and that I felt that I got more leadership and professionalism experience from from government and it's something that I stuck with and I felt that I was able to balance them both and if you don't join a career organization I I do think you should still supplement yourself there but I don't think it's incredibly vital that you have that on your resume. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. Well well, moving on so while you were in college or Yes, actually, I guess while while you're still in college, you started the interview process. You interviewed at a few firms, like most people do, before ultimately, you know, deciding to accept the offer with PwC. How did that process work out for you? There again, what what do you think that younger students should know about that? Juniors and and sophomores, or even freshmen? Yeah, no, I I definitely think coming in, there should be more awareness of the recruitment process. Just that it. Just that it even exists, because for me personally, like I had said earlier, I didn't have an accounting professional who I need personally to ask questions to. I didn't have, I wasn't able to get too much help from my parents. And it was, it was kind of difficult to know that there was that process that I had to go through. I definitely knew that I needed to go through interviews to obtain a job, but I didn't know it was very formal and that there was kind of a season for it. Not a shock, but it was definitely kind of surprising to know, okay, well, there's, there's a whole time in the year that I have to, like, do all these interviews and kind of get ready for all these firms. And I, I wasn't too aware of that. And I think one of the reasons was because I was one of those students who was kind of accelerated through their bachelors. I basically recruited my sophomore year in the spring. And I missed a few interviews because I actually didn't really realize that a recruitment season had started. So I, I missed a few, but I was still interviewing able to interview with about five since PwC was one of them. And I, I definitely just think the professors, you know, mentioning it when it's during those freshman classes, you know, the principal classes, I think is very important. So students have that in their mind and are always thinking, okay, well, there's always a season. You know, I make sure that I have that in mind and once I'm ready and, and we'll have that, those major classes to make sure to apply. Because I, I definitely missed two interviews that I think I would have liked to have because I, I wasn't aware that it was kind of happening. Okay. Okay. Now, you, you went to UTSA in San Antonio. Yes. Very large school, a uh, lot of commuter students not mm-hmm. living on campus, that kind of thing. How did you find out about the interview process in the first place? I mean, that, that, that yeah. oh, now is the time I should be doing this. Was it fellow students or the program they had? Yeah, so I think, I think I heard a student who had said, oh, I just applied... I think they had applied to like ATKG, a local firm, and they're like, oh, I just applied. And I was like, 
oh, is it time? Like, I was kind of like, was it always time to apply? And they're like, yeah, no, it, no, it is. And so she kind of mentioned that it was, it was kind of early on, but some of the firms were just having very early interviews. So she, she kind of led me on. And I'd been using Handshake, which is our student portal for job search. And so I've been using it and I, and I noticed some of the interviews, but I, I had applied for them, but I didn't actively think they were the accounting recruitment interviews. And then once she kind of told me about that, I went to pretty much all of them and I applied for any of them that were open at that point. And I did miss, I think, about four. And, and that was okay. I still had plenty of options and it was still early enough in the season too. that it, it didn't make a big difference had I, I didn't apply to them. Sure, sure. Well, I mean, still five major interviews and coming out with a great opportunity on the end. I think you did fine. <laughs> yeah, no, it, overall it worked out. <laughs> yes, it all worked out. That's funny. That's funny. Okay. You know, the reason I ask that is I, I know UTSA has a well, or well, it appears from the outside, a, a well-developed career program there in the business school. They but, you know, definitely do. <laughs> Okay, and and I know you. Know, of course, there's always room for improvement. So I thought that that yeah, you know, that feedback is is good for for people to hear. It's such a big school. I'm sure it's hard to get the word out all the time. So interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, given that you've already accepted a, a position and, and you're starting with PwC, I, I figured this was a fair question. Now that you're you're through all that process, mm-hmm. since you interview with other firms as well. What feedback or, or thoughts would you have to pass on to employers about those interview processes? What, what did you see that that seemed to to work well and and just be very effective, efficient, and uh, you know any any thoughts, anything that appealed to you, just in general during those processes? Yeah, I think one of the things that I really appreciated was that each of the firms had their, of course, their recruiters in the waiting room with us and the fact that they were so lighthearted and you know joking around, I think put every student at ease and it definitely helped us with our interview because I, I believe that, you know, if we'd gotten that far, we were definitely qualified to, to some extent. And for me, my first interview, I was very nervous and having the recruiter there and be like, no, it's fine. Like, you're gonna be, it's going to be okay. And kind of just talk through. It was very nice. And I, I think all, all the firms I interviewed with did that exceptionally well. I think my, my only like comment would be one of the firms, it, it felt kind of like an insider thing. It wasn't, it wasn't a large, it wasn't a, it wasn't a big firm, but it just kind of felt that if I hadn't been seen at, a, at another recruitment event, that I wasn't even going to be considered that that kind of interview was just kind of to just fill seats. And it, it definitely didn't feel comfortable at all just because it felt like, oh, well, have you come to any of our events? And it was very condescending and it just, it just came off wrong. And I think that whenever recruiters do, or even interviewers do questions like that, it definitely, it definitely makes getting talent to their firm a lot harder because it just could be a timing thing. You know, student wasn't able to attend an event or you know, wasn't aware. And I don't think that takes away from the quality of student that they are, or the quality of worker that they can be. And from that specific interview, I walked out thinking, this is not a firm I want to work for. I don't want to work for a place where I have to feel that I need to attend a lot of other things beforehand and have all this. And PwC and all these other firms that I interviewed with are very open-minded and, and trusting that I had the knowledge to be a good worker, that 
my GPA showed that, that my, my resume showcased the professionalism and leadership skills that I had. And that firm just didn't think that what I had on paper and then what I was articulating was enough. And I think that I just didn't feel comfortable with that walking out of that interview. It just felt really awkward. Hmm. Well, thank, thank you for passing that on because you're exactly right. Obviously, you can't run an organization without without the best talent or without the right talent. And accounting majors are in high demand. So <laughs> I, I thought that, that hearing that from someone that recently graduated would, would be beneficial for any employers that are yeah. listening. Yeah, I mean, I completely understand how you want students to, you know, be invested in your firm and have attended more, but it was just kind of the way you, you say that, you know, does leave an impression on students and it's very important to keep that in mind. And but yeah, pretty much every interview went well and they were very lighthearted and, you know, making me feel at ease and making it just kind of feel like a conversation and not like a, a firing squad of questions. So it, it was very nice to have interviews who were very talented at their jobs and asking questions. Wonderful, wonderful. Well, before we get to the final three questions, obviously our podcast is about accounting, so I wanted to talk about that first, but, but I wanted to get the professional part out of the way. Let's talk about Miss Fiesta. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's, that's quite an honor. That's awesome. I, I'm embarrassed to say this. I, I was born in San Antonio, grew up here, spent almost my entire life here, and all I know about Miss mm-hmm. Fiesta is the parades that are involved. You know, outside mm-hmm. of that, I know nothing about the program. So please, please tell us about it. How does that process work? Yeah, of course. So I kind of have to explain kind of what the program was before. Beforehand, the program was actually a beauty pageant. So it had the whole interview, dress, and talent portion of it. Now, recently, I think it, it was either 2011, 2013, it changed to an internship. So it's a different process. You apply, you answer a few questions about what are your goals with being Miss Fiesta and what's your passion for Fiesta because you definitely have to love Fiesta kind of a given there but it because it is an internship it does have the portion of a community service project and what that means is that you come up with some project that you want for the city and that can be in you know the arts and culture education and I actually chose education and very passionate about that I especially with my parents not having had the opportunity to go to school, I think it's very important that every child has that opportunity to be successful and has the resources to do so. So I chose a project that has a book drive component, um, school presentations to talk about the importance of higher education and some community outreach events within it. And that was also a part of the application process. So answering those question items and having your project articulated were part of it. And from there, you were selected for an interview and the interview was just getting to know you and your personality. I think they overall just wanted to see that you were a good person and that you were bubbling enough for the, for the position. And after that, there was a second cut and those were the final. They were looking to have nine. They actually selected five girls. So they felt that there was a strong top five. And from there, we had about two weeks of training where we just kind of talked about what the selection event would be like and talked a little bit about what the actual responsibilities of Miss Fiesta are. And they're, they're mostly attending Fiesta royalty events. So there is a whole court of Fiesta with some other members. And, of course, the community service project, the biggest component in, in making sure that that's accomplished throughout the year and throughout Fiesta. And the last, it, it, after, after that, you're graded on what's happened up to then. And the very last portion is a five-minute on-stage interview. And we had 
Albert Flores do ours, and you're just asked, you know, kind of five random questions about your project and about you, and that's, that's pretty much it, and whoever gets the highest score. Wow. So there's a lot more to it than kind of you would expect. That's a long process. Yeah, I would, what, I'm curious how long does that take from application <laughs> yeah. to selection? Well, it took, so they did a kind of a July 31st app deadline, application okay. deadline, and it took about a month to kind of be selected as a finalist. So even though it kind of sound, it was a very jam-packed month to be selected, it was very calming to kind of have it kind of just go through that. Was this your last semester in college, too, that you were finishing this up? Or were you still in school? Yes. Oh, yes. Wow. So I was actually <laughs> doing summer school while, you know, developing the project. And it's a very robust application, especially with having to articulate your project. So that definitely took some time. So even though it felt like it was only a, a month to be selected as a, as a finalist, it was definitely a few months of prep to kind of get that project where I wanted. Okay. Okay. Well, if you, if you have anything online by the time we're posting this podcast, you know, a link that we can link to from the show notes, please send it to me and, and we'll have that for you know, any listeners that want to find out more about your, you know, about the book drive and community outreach events. Yeah, no, of course. Well, We'll definitely have some locations around the city where you can donate some books. And I'm actually coming up with a kind of a very, very long list of books or suggested book list of items to donate to students. We want to make sure it's actually second grade. I don't think I mentioned that it was second grade students that we're going to be focusing on donating. Third grade is a very important reading level for students. And it's a a great indicator for their success in, in high school and middle school. So we definitely want to target that group. So we'll give, we'll be giving the books we collect to exiting second graders right when summer starts to make sure that they have some summer reading books that they can have throughout the few months that they're away from school. Beautiful. Wonderful. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Well, I do end every podcast with the same three questions. It gives us a lot of consistency and a lot of the listeners like to hear the comparing and contrasting you know, answers that people give, and I think it's appropriate for this as well. So, first of all, what has been your proudest moment? I definitely think it's been graduating college recently. It's something that I, when I was younger, didn't necessarily feel I could accomplish, and having been able to do it in two and a half years, and you know, having been able to keep a really high GPA and do all these other amazing opportunities, I was you know, very thankful to have. It's just incredible. I couldn't be more thankful to the, to the UTSA faculty and especially my parents who are very supportive and understanding of something that, you know, they unfortunately weren't able to have themselves, which, you know, degree. And that's just, it's been really amazing to be able to have one and kind of be able to say kind of as a huge thanks to what my parents did throughout my childhood of making sure that I knew the importance of education, the difference it does for you, your, your family, and your community. And I, I feel very fortunate to be able to have a degree. Yeah, that is a major accomplishment. It really is. UTSA is a good school. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, biased, but definitely. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> well, second question. Tell us about a mistake you made and what you learned from it. And, and frankly, the, the bigger, the better that you're willing to share. Yeah, so it was actually when I was younger, and it shaped me 
quite a bit. It's not too huge. It's, I think it's the appropriate amount of huge. When I was in my senior year of high school, I was class president and every student kind of had done the same thing in the past. I just kind of made sure that the project graduation stuff was in line, that the flowers for the graduation ceremony were signed off on. You just kind of, you know, signed off. And I was really excited to do it. I was like, okay, well, I've done student council in high school. I wanted to be class president. And so I, I became it. And we had this class trip that we had for our students. And this, this year, they were very, 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 they were being very, very strict about it, you know, to the point where there were only 16, I think, students that were able to actually attend the trip. And that doesn't seem too fun to only have 16 students of your class be able to attend. But I just, they, they kind of told me, hey, you know, as class president, I just want to let you know we're being, we are going to be enforcing the rules this, this one year, and there's only 16 students who can go, just an FYI. And I was like, okay, sure, thanks. Thank you for letting me know. And on the day of, I actually had chosen not to attend because I was like, 16 students is going to be fun. And so while every other student was, you know, ready, the other 15 students ready to go. And on the day of, they canceled. And it was just very unfortunate because it was going to be on a Monday. So they hadn't been communicated with throughout the weekend that it was canceled. So they showed up to school and they weren't in dress code and they got in trouble. They're like, how did you not know it was canceled? And, and the students were like, well, there was no memo. So, you know, we thought it was still on and we just kind of just took it and what I later came to kind of know in the months later and after graduation was that I had a lot more say in what actually happened with my class. It wasn't just, you know, making sure the graduation flowers were there. It wasn't just, you know, signing off on items and just kind of being there. There was a lot more I could have done. And because no other class president had ever done that, I was kind of basing off my my realm of possibilities of things I could do on what had happened in the past. And I kind of came to, to understand that had I said something, had I gone and spoken to the principal, which, which I knew closely, and even the board of trustees, we had a smaller school district where it was kind of easy to access to them. I could have done something. I could have made sure that either they weren't so strict because they were just being incredibly unreasonable with the trip or minimum that the students who had qualified had gotten the opportunity to go somewhere fun and enjoy the fact they were graduating high school. And thinking back, I, I felt like it was my mistake not to not to speak up for them, not to say something on their behalf, not just because that was actually something I could do, but because that was the right thing to do, to say something to the administrators and say, no, like these students earned this this right and we told them that they could go and to say on the day of that they can't is not right. And it's definitely something that I kind of regret. And from that moment, I, I realized that it's very important to speak up regardless of if that you're within your positions, right? But it's always important to say something when you feel something's not right. And so I definitely regret not being able to help them and make sure that they got the trip that they definitely earned. So it's definitely my mistake would be not having spoken at that time. There's a great lesson in there. You're exactly right. We haven't had this come up before, but there's so many times in life where we really have more power than we realize, yeah. but it's it's up to us to to utilize that. I mean, you have to be tactful and mm-hmm. respectful, but wow, of course. that is a great story. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you. Yeah. Well, we'll wrap it up with this last question. What mm-hmm. is the best piece of advice that you've ever received? 
It's actually for a very dear friend at UTSA. She's actually a faculty member. She's an associate vice president. She leads the first-gen initiatives at UTSA. And one of the biggest things she always tells us is to be proud of who you are. A lot of students don't ever embrace that they're first-gen. They think it's a hindrance. But the fact that their parents didn't go to college, they think it's something to be ashamed of. And I think in any aspect of your life, you should embrace who you are. You should be proud that you are the person that you are. And don't be scared to, to talk about that. I think one of the things that we definitely, in the context of UTSA, highlight is your first gen. Go ahead and check that mark on that scholarship and make sure that you get that extra consideration for those funds. It's kind of the way we word it for them. But it has a very important lesson overall that, you know, even if you're like an accountant who, who likes doing, you know, miss, yes, those things that be proud of that, or, you know, be proud of the work you do in, in your community and always be happy to embrace that. It, and if anyone's going to judge you for it, you know, whatever, go ahead and do what makes you happy. And I think that's a very important lesson for everyone within any career field. That is a good point. That is a good point. Well, you've shared some great advice for students, <laughs> but also employers. And I just, I'm, Thank you. I, I'm very thankful, and I'm excited for you getting your career started. <laughs> no, I, I cannot wait. I've been telling people all the time about PwC, and I'm like, oh, my God, I'm so excited. They're so great. Um, I've, I've loved every part of um, you know, the process of PwC, and I'm very excited to be beginning my accounting career with them. Yes, it's a wonderful time. Well, for our audience, this has been another episode of Life in Accounting, the Where Accountants Go podcast. If you haven't yet visited our home website, please do so. You can find the show notes for this, the links we mentioned, and of course, the show notes for each and every episode that we produce. That website is www.whereaccountantsgo.com. Once again, that's whereaccountantsgo.com. On that note, Carla, any final thoughts or words of wisdom for everybody listening? Definitely always have fun. Always have something that, you know, you do that keeps you excited about life and and if that's you know for me it's nonprofits you know make sure that everyone finds something that they enjoy doing that is good advice i think we need to hear it more often (laughs) (laughs) well said well to the audience thank you for joining us we'll see you next week there's more to come